This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelist tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. Also from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Walter Williams. And Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams. We're joined tonight by a former professional NFL punter. He also played one year uh, out there in Barcelona in the World League of Football. Um, playing from 1991 to 2000. As I mentioned, he was with Barcelona, and then he went to the Jets, Chiefs, Packers, and Bears. 1995, he was named a second-team All-Pro. He's punted over 750 times for over 26,800 yards. And don't forget, you know, those fake punts. He is two for four on passing. And, you know, when the kicker goes down, who jumps in? That's the punter. He's got a field goal, three points on the board in 1991 with a 23-yarder there. So we got punter Louis Aguilar. Louis, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. So tonight's debate is going to be the greatest punter of all time. We're going to discuss four tonight. After the debate, we'll have our Q&A with Louis about his career. But we're going to start out tonight with uh, Brian, and he's taking Ray Guy. All right. So Ray Guy started at Southern Miss. He was one of the best punters in NCAA history. He was named All-South Independent Punter of the Year in all three of his college seasons, and he was consensus All-American in 1972. Uh, also in 72, he nailed a 93-yard punt against Ole Miss and a then NCAA record 61-yard field goal against Utah State. And after his career was over, the Ray Guy Award, this trophy behind me, uh, has been given to the top punter in college football uh, each and every year. As a pro, Guy was, was even more impressive. Uh, he was a trailblazer. He became the first punter ever taken in the first round of the NFL draft, and he was selected by the Raiders with the 23rd pick overall. Uh, he rewarded the trust of the Silver and Black by being named to eight consecutive All-Pro teams from his rookie season on and seven Pro Bowls. He led the league in punt average three times, and he had the longest punt of the 1980 season, a 77-yarder. He helped the Raiders to three Super Bowl victories, uh, 1976, 80, and 83. Uh, Guy was trailblazing in another sense because he prioritized hang time over distance. No previous punters really did that. Uh, so this allowed the coverage team to be in position to make the play. Uh, he also had a knack for avoiding punts being blocked. He had the second longest streak in NFL history, 619 consecutive games without a block. Uh, in 2014, he became the first punter inducted, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a member of the 1970s All-Decade Team, the 75th Anniversary Team, and the 100th Anniversary Team. So an all-time college punter, a, tail, a trailblazing um, a pro punter, and you know a man with an award named after him. So that's Ray Guy. So, Louie. I'd like you. Know, we want to hear your thoughts on Ray Guy as a punter. Of course, he's the only one in the Hall of Fame. What is it going to take to get more punters in the Hall of Fame? Um, it's nice to have Ray in there into the Hall of Fame because, like you said, you know he did start the hang time before they did it. They would just kick away, um, and I think now with the Hall of Fame actually noticing that. The third of points are scored by the place kickers, and field position is more turned by the punters than anybody. So it's gonna now. I think it's gonna punters are, punters and kickers are gonna start getting more into the Hall of Fame now with their numbers, and I'm looking forward to that. And what are your thoughts on Ray Guy? I mean, he's kind of the 
the OG, the original, you know, uh, long time. Yeah, back. he was. Like, I mean, I grew up. I. Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, 20 minutes from Oakland. I was a huge Raider fan until 1982 and until I moved. And I loved watching Ray Guy punt. And I wanted to be Ray Guy. Um, saying that, Ray Guy was the first one, like I said, talked about hang time. He hit the speakers in uh, was the old uh, um, New Orleans Dome, I think. Yeah, Superdome. Uh, yeah, Superdome. So, I mean, he, he changed the way people looked at punting. And being a first-round draft pick um, helped out tremendously. He thought he was drafted as a, as a safety. And when I was talking to uh, John Madden about this, and Madden said, when he goes, when I saw him punt, he told Ray, you are no longer a safety. You are now my punter. <laughs> so that's that's how Ray thought he was being drafted as a safety. But he they saw him as a punter. So, I mean, having him being the first punter drafted in the first round was huge for, you know, for punters. Awesome. Let's move on to our, our second punter tonight. That's going to be Johnny Hecker. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough to follow what BK was just talking about with uh, Ray Guy, for sure. But uh, Johnny Hecker um, has uh, dolled out a pretty uh, solid um, career himself. He's a, um, He was undrafted out of Oregon State. He's a four-time pro bowler uh, and a four-time first-team all-pro and a two-time second-team all-pro. He was selected to the 2010 All-Decade team. And the thing that sticks out the most with him to me is his longevity and his durability. He started in all 163 of his uh, regular season games and then on 173 if you include the playoffs. Um, and in, his, in two of his first All-Pro years, uh, 2015 to 2016, that was his volume of pun attempts. He had 96 and 98 respectively. And his highest averages were both those years of 47.9 and 47.8. And again, he's very reliable in executing and converting on the fake punts, which you spoke of, Mike. Um, he converted on four, he converted 13 out of 23 first downs on, I mean, he converted first downs on 13 out of 23 of his attempts, and he scored a touchdown on one of them. And his career passer rating is a 101.7 as a punter. Um, and to uh, add the icing on the cake, he set the record of the longest punt in the Super Bowl of 65 yards. And 36% of the punts that he punted were returnable, and they only returned for an average of seven yards. So that's Johnny Hecker, and he's still well and kicking, uh, playing for the Panthers now. So we'll see how things go there. So, Louis, as Walter said, Johnny's still going. His career is not over yet. We don't know what his final stats are going to be. But what we have seen, he is a Super Bowl winner, which only half of our list can say that tonight. He's got all the Pro Bowls. He's, he's got all the stats. What, what are your thoughts on him? Is, is, he, is he the GOAT or is, or is he, his time not done yet? Um. The things I've seen him do with the football are incredible. Um, he hangs it up for hang time. He can kick it for distance. Uh, I saw him one game where he turned the ball sideways. He hit the left side of the ball and made it spin sideways and go out of bounds right to, you know, mess with everybody. He does so many different things with the football. It's it's incredible. To, I, I really enjoy watching him play. 
when he was here in St. Louis, I mean, I'd go to the games and get my stopwatch out, and I couldn't believe some of the hang times I saw, 5'6", 5'5", 5'6", 5'7". I'm all like, oh, my God, my butt, my biggest ball was 5'4", and I'm just going, man, this kid's just, oh, my God. He's just – he's doing this consistently where, you know, I was hoping – you know, I did 5'1", five, five, and then catch a 5'4", once in a while, but this kid's doing it consistently. He has a, a cannon for a leg. Uh, Hecker is he's, – he's damn good. So – you brought up an interesting thing there that I, I totally forgot he was St. Louis for a while. So we're talking dome stadiums. What's the difference between, for a punter, kicking yeah. in a dome and, and kicking outdoors? There's a lot uh, between a dome punter and outdoor punter. Um, so I'll see during the winter. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't, have to worry, you don't have to worry about the snow. You don't have to worry about kicking a ball that's been sitting outside in low freezing temperatures. Um, because I've done that. I mean, I've played in Green Bay where I I crush a ball and it goes forty yards. I hit that same ball down in Miami. It's a fifty-yard punt and it's a five-zero hang time. So it makes a big difference. Being a you don't have to worry about the weather. You don't have to worry about anything. You just playing indoors. I mean, it's 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 a big plus to being able to play indoors. Well, let's move on to Sean Landetta. I've got him tonight. So. Walter talked about longevity. Check this out, 1983 to 2006. That's 22 seasons of professional football. That is some longevity there. Um, he played. He started in the USFL. You know, this was the old USFL, not today's USFL. Um, he played with Philly and Baltimore there, and then he comes to the NFL, goes to the Giants, then the Rams, Bucks, Packers, Eagles. He goes finishes his career with the Giants, which was kind of nice. Most of his NFL career was with the Giants. He's a three-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. Now, I, I don't usually always go all stats and try and add something different, but I feel like tonight the stats are kind of in his favor. Um, he's fourth all-time in punting yards. He's fourth in punts. He's ninth all-time in kicks inside the 20 with 395. Um He's on the NFL All-Decade team for the 1980s and the 1990s. And he's also on the USFL All-Time team. <laughs> so that, that is three accolades right there. And if we want to throw in a fourth, ESPN named him to the 40th anniversary Super Bowl team. So he's got that going for him as well. Um, now, we mentioned back at the beginning of the show the importance of field position. Obviously, that stat where I gave you with kicks inside the 20 is huge about that. But if we look at Landetta's career, specifically his time on the Giants where they won two Super Bowls, that team was based off of defense and field position. And most of that time, it was Landetta setting up good field position. And, you know, the defense could come out, stop them, and the offense would have shorter fields to go. So I can't stress enough how important those stats are. Um, and just one last thing, because I mentioned his two Super Bowls. He's got two USFL championships as well. So we're talking four total championships. If it's all about winning, then tonight Landetta would be would be the pick. So we'll see how that goes a little later. Um, you know, it just can't be said enough. If you go back and watch that Giants and Bills Super Bowl, I mean, that whole thing was just a field position battle, and, and the punting was huge in that Super Bowl. So... Louis, I come to you. Your your thoughts on Landetta? I I think he is the longest punter we're talking about tonight, as far as longevity. 
um, punted a really long time. But uh, he, he was on teams that won. That's, you know, that's more than what we can say about all of the other guys. Yes, tonight, so. yes he did. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Sean? Right. And Lindetta, uh, Sean's a good friend of mine. Uh, he played 25 years of professional football. Like you said, he played three at the USFL, played 22 in the, in the NFL. And to be able to do that, longevity, you have to be consistent. And that's one thing Sean was, very consistent. Uh, I played against him, and he just did the same thing every single time. And I talked to him quite a bit while I was playing and afterwards. And, <coughs> excuse me, and, you know, talked to him. And he was, a, you know, it's not how far you hit it. It's just how consistent you hit it. And he was very consistent that with his long punts inside the 20s. Um, and how many guys can say they actually played 25 years professional football? Uh, like I said, he played in the original USFL. Uh, and right now, you know, I'm looking at Sean as being, the, you know, the GOAT tonight. And, uh, you know, and I know I see all four guys that we're up against. And not because Sean's a friend of mine, but, I think he's done a phenomenal job as a player and as a person. Awesome. Well, we'll see what happens in our vote tonight. Let's move to our final punter. That is going to be Shane Leckler. <clears throat> Leckler from my uh, my Raiders. Uh, punted for 18 seasons, played college ball at Texas A&M. Um, he was drafted by the Raiders in the fifth round in 2000. He's one of the greatest kicker or punters of NFL history. He was – a six-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second All-Team Pro, made seven Pro Bowls. Uh, he was the NFL punting yards leader for four seasons. He won the Golden Toe Award in 2009. Um, he's on the NFL 2000s and 2010s All-Decade Team. He's on the 100th Anniversary All-Time Team, which only two punters were elected to that team, mine and then Brian's Ray Guy. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, he was on the All-Rookie Team in 2000. He has the highest career average yards per punt at 47.6, the highest in the history of the NFL. He also went seven for seven in extra point attempts. Uh, he also did 19 kickoffs. Uh, he booted at least one punt of 50 yards or more in 33 consecutive games uh, between week 13 of 2003 and week 14 of 2005. That's a pretty uh, impressive um, streak there. Um the longest streak by any player since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970 to have that many uh, consecutive punts over 50 um, in at least one game. He has five best single-season punting averages in Raiders history, which Ray Guy played for Raiders, and my guy has the top five, uh, including a career best of 51.1 in 2009. He has the second-highest single-season average in league history, um, just behind Sammy Bowell at 51.4, so only 0.3 yards. Um, he once kicked a 71-yard punt against the Packers, having it come to a stop uh, on the one-yard line, which that's pretty impressive to kick it that far and have it stop on the one. He also had one passing touchdown, which none of our guys that you guys yeah. talked about hey, had a passing touchdown. And, and it was over 30 yards. That's mm -hmm. better than what Mitch Trubisky's doing right now for the Steelers. So over 30 <laughs> yards, oh, touchdown man. pass. Which none, none of these, um, like I said, none of these punters that we're talking about have a touchdown pass. Gil Bryant from NFL.com listed Shane number one best punter in NFL history. And it, it was Sammy Boff that you mentioned earlier, but 
Yeah. So let, let me let me come to you, Louis, because there's one stat that Kevin didn't mention, and that is touchbacks of all time. Shane Leckler has more touchbacks than any kicker or any punter of all time. So is that on him? I mean, is he not placing the ball right, or is it just bad luck? A little bit of both. A little bit of bad luck that, you know, sometimes you, you're trying to pin it so close inside the 10 that it's going in the end zone. And other times, if he wants to win the the punting award with the, you know, the biggest gross. So if the ball's on the 40-yard line going in, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want a, a 25-yard punt down to the 15. Just punt the ball into the end zone so you still keep the gross up at 40 yards. So I know a lot of guys that did that while they're playing and they uh more worried about themselves instead of the team. Uh, you know, so a lot of the times you have the high gross numbers, you're just punting the ball away and you're not worried about pinning them, you know, inside the 20. And you just want to keep your gross up and you're trying to, you know, get an accolade for yourself and not worry about winning as a team. So that's why, you know, you look at somebody like Sean who did that with all of us inside the 20 punts. Brian, when we, when we talk Shane Leckler, that always brings up to me John Gruden's first stint with the Raiders. He brings in the, the, the kicker, Janikowski, really early, and he brings in a punter in the same draft. People were freaking out. We don't usually see punters and kickers drafted that early in the same draft. Just your thoughts on that real quick. Were they just going for it all? I mean, well, I mean, that, you know, when it came to Al Davis, there was nothing conventional about him, that's for sure. And but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think they, I think that they realized the importance of you know, field position and 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 kicking. And I mean, Janikowski ended up being a multiple Pro Bowl kicker, and and Lecor is in this conversation for best punter of all time. So I don't think it was that careless of a move, you know, when you look back look back on it. Excellent. Well, let's move into our vote tonight. Cannot vote for your own, gentlemen. Brian, I got you in my upper corner tonight. Who are you taking? All right, this is uh, this is really tricky. I'm, I, I mean, I appreciate what you said, Louie, but I, I still, I gotta go with uh, Shane Leckler. I, I, I feel like he's. I mean, all those All Pros, all those Pro Bowls, uh, you know, and, and, and just just a, a consistent punter for a long, long time. Walter. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Landetta. I mean, you know. Four championships, and I mean, not just because that's Louis's friend, but you know, <laughs> it's all about it's all about winning. And you know, like I said at the top, longevity is something that really is impressive to me. So to play twenty, what was it twenty five years? Man, I barely been I barely been alive for twenty five years. So to play that long in the NFL, man. <laughs> so I, I was I was listening to everybody tonight, and. Um... You know, a lot of times I'm already kind of predetermined before I come into this. I think I have my opinions, but I'm looking at each three of these. And, and the thing with Hecker, like, I think if we did this debate five years from now, I might be picking him because we're going to be adding even more stats. But we're not doing it five years from now. <laughs> and then, you know, as we said, Ray got, Guy changed the game. Ray Guy changed the game. You, you, you can't deny that. And then I look at Leckler, and I feel like he probably has the best stats tonight. So I've, I've really been torn between all three, but I, I am going to go with Guy um, because he is 
he is the original and he is the only punter tonight that can say the game was changed because of the way he played. Louie, I, I come to you. You can you can pick any of them. You can stick with Landetta. Where, where are you going? Am I not voting? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Can, yeah. yeah, Kevin, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, just for that, I'm not picking your guy, Mike. <laughs> 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 no, but all seriousness, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with Ray Guy. Um, you know, when I look at a lot of the lists, um, top punters, you know, of all time, um, it's usually my guy and Ray Guy, um, Leckler and Guy in the top three in most of the lists that I saw. So I'm going to go with Guy. All right, go ahead, Louie. <laughs> okay. You know, like I said, I grew up watching Ray Guy punt. He changed the game. Uh, however, you look at – Ray Guy, he punted, he played in 207 consecutive games, 44,000 yards plus money. His only, his gross average as for a gross, he only had gross 42.4 and he only netted 33.8. You look at Landetta and you look at Sean's numbers, his overall gross for his 22 years in the NFL was 43.3. He netted 35-3, where Leckler netted 39-1 for a career for 17 years. Um, but like I said, I got to give it – I'm looking at – I know Ray Guy changed NFL, but you can't deny what Landetta did. He played 25 years, four championships – his gross is at 43-plus, and his net at 35, and he has most inside the 20s. you got to go with, you gotta go with Sean Landetta. That's just my three cents. Excellent. So that's one vote for Leckler, two for Guy, two for Landetta. As always on our show, when it's a tie, the special guest vote counts a little more. So the win goes to, she uh, to Landetta tonight, Sean Landetta. So let's move into our Q&A for Louie about his career. And, uh, oh, I got the win, so I get first question tonight. How about that? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to take you to 1994, your time with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're in a locker room with Joe Montana and Marty Schottenheimer, who personally I believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think it should mm -hmm. just be a Super Bowl win. His record is outstanding. Um, so just what what was it like being in the locker room with those two and and – do you think Marty should be in the Hall of Fame one day? Being Going to Kansas City in 1994 with Marty as head coach. Our quarterback was Joe Montana. We had Marcus Allen. We had Derek Thomas. Um, that When I first walked in that locker room, I was like a kid in a candy store, to be honest with you. It was my fourth year in the league. And I still remember walking in that locker room, and I'm pointing – I, I'm pointing. You're Joe Montana. <laughs> you know, I was I was shooken up because I I was like starstruck, and because I grew up watching Joe play at Notre Dame. I grew up 45 minutes from San Francisco. I grew up watching Joe play. Now I'm in the same locker room, getting naked next to the guy, going, "This is pretty damn cool." I'm being honest. You know, I'm 56 years old, and I still remember walking in the locker room 18 years ago, 
and just looking at him going, you're Joe Montana. You're Joe Montana. I was a kid in a candy store just like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe I'm in the same locker room as him. Uh, You know, and getting to know him as a person, uh, as a friend, you know, got to know him. Uh, Being in my locker room, it it was something special uh, because that's the reason why I went there because the year before, 1993, they lost in the AFC Championship to the Buffalo Bills. So I went to Kansas City for agency, excuse me, Kansas City for agency because of Joe, because of Marcus, because of DT, because of Marty. They had something special going on there, and I took less money to go to Kansas City because I was a free agent. I had other teams I I was uh, being talked to by Philly, Atlanta, Miami, and I took less money to go to Kansas City because I wanted to win a championship, and that's why we play this game. Uh, and that, and just being, walking in the locker room for the first time, I was like I said, I was in awe, and I was, and I'm glad I chose to go to Kansas City because I ended up being there five seasons and getting to know the Chiefs' history because I grew up watching the Chiefs play the Raiders, and uh, I got to play in quite a few of those Chief Raider games. Mm-hmm. Ryan Walter Kevin. All right, Louis. So I want to take you 1997, week 13, Chiefs versus Seahawks. Louis Aguiar with a fake punt and a deep strike to Kevin Lockett to the one-yard line. So was that something that, that you guys worked on in practice? And, and were you confident when you were doing it? I mean, you looked pretty confident throwing that pass. Yeah, I did. Um, I played quarterback in high school. I wanted to go to college and play to play. I wanted to be a quarterback, but it, I got recruited to punt and kick, so I stuck with it. Um, and during that week in film, we're watching the, uh, the Seahawks corners on our flyers. I call them flyers. Some guys call them gunners, the outside, the outside guys. And I saw when I was down field, their corners would always come off at the 20-yard line, and our guys had carte blanche, you know, running to down the to down the punts inside the 20. And I kept looking at this and looking at this, and I looked at it from the uh, 1996s, and they had the exact same thing. So I went up to uh, our special teams coach, Mike Stock, and I said, hey, Mike, our guys have carte blanche from the 20-yard line in. The corners come off of them. I go, if I throw a punt, I go, I can throw the football sign five yards. I wanted to pitch. I threw 91 when I was a freshman in college. I wanted to play baseball. But I could throw the football sign by guards. I said, if I throw it to make it look like a punt, I think Kevin Lockett, I could throw it to Kevin and make him throw a, pass, throw a pass to him. He goes, no. He goes, they can tell if he punted or not. I'm like, okay, let's go. I go, when we go to practice today, I want to I throw the first couple and ask Tamar Vanover if he can tell if it's a punt or if it's a pass. I go, because you have 20 guys in between him, between the returner and me. And so the first two I threw down there, he goes, hey, Tomark, did Louie punt those or uh, throw those? He goes, he punted those. He's all, no, he didn't. He threw them. And so that got the, got the wheels turning in Mike's, in Mike's head. And then we went to go do it in practice. Uh, the next day, we're indoors at the Chiefs practice facility. And so he presented this to Marty. And Marty goes, okay, let's see this. I'm okay. So I throw the first ball. I hit the ceiling. 
I hit it, I threw it too high. Mm-hmm. And Mike Stockton goes, don't throw so high. Let's, you know, don't hit the ceiling. I said, okay. I throw it again. I hit the ceiling again. And uh, and Mike Stock goes, well, you hit the ceiling twice. Marty didn't get to see it. So now probably we're not going to get to uh, get to do it now in the game. I'm all, okay. We go in the game, and Marty calls it. And it worked. I threw it. Kevin Lockett went down. They thought it was a punt. They had actually a linebacker who ran back and said, it's a pass, it's a pass. Because if you watch the film, you can see the returner going one way. Then he comes back and tries to knock Kevin Lockett off. And Kevin goes up and catches it and gets tackled at the one-yard line. So I still uh, mess with Kevin saying his first – his first NFL catch was from a punter, so I, I still razz him about that. <laughs> Go ahead, Walter. Yeah, so um, you know, as a as a fan of a team that stunk at special teams last year, you know, you saw what happened, uh, or at least I think you saw what happened with us in the playoff game against the 49ers when we had that block punt, and that pretty much cost us the game. Um, so, what do you think? should be like, what do you think the team should focus more on when it comes to special teams as far as, you know, getting things corrected like that? Because a lot of times you hear a lot of people, you know, say it's three phases, but people always focus so heavily on offense and defense. So what do you think it would take? Do you think it takes, you know, more emphasis and more things like that to happen for people to know that special teams is much more critical to the overall success of the team? They never notice it until something like that happens in a big game, say a playoff game. And Sean Slocum, the special teams coordinator, ended up getting fired because of it. And I know Sean. And I felt bad for him getting fired because giving up a punt, uh, for you know, giving up the punt block, and, you know, that turned the game around. And, you know, I've coached in the NFL with special teams with the New York Jets. And – Rex Ryan actually brought me in because he saw what I could do with the punters and kickers on coaching them. And that made a big part of it. And Marty and uh, Rex would always say, you know, you got a third, third, and a third of the game. So when I came in there to coach, uh, Nick Novak's numbers went up on touchbacks. He went from 12 touchbacks every four to 27 touchbacks. His field goal percentage went up to 91 point something percent, I believe. Then the year before, he was in the low 80s. Uh, Hunter they brought in was a rookie, and I really liked him. was Ryan Quigley. He netted 39 yards. Then the next year, I was with him. He netted 40. Then after our our coaching staff got released, he netted 35, and Ryan Quigley got fired. So a lot of it has to do with somebody there that can help coach them because there's no punting, kicking coaches, you know, in the NFL. There's only one team that has one, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And you see what Tucker's done. You saw what uh, Cook did for all those years. Um, so hunting and kicking, special teams is never really noticed until something like that happens. And I think, you know, they need more than they get anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes of practice where offense, defense gets an hour and a half. I personally think as a former player and a former coach that special teams need to have a little bit more – practice time because it is a very big part of the game. Kickers, kickers, if you look at all the scoring throughout NFL history, all the kickers are in the top third of scoring for all the teams. So it's going to be a very big part of the game. So 
special teams, I think, really does need a little bit more accolades during the season and also during practice to, you know, make it to make it more consistent. So I want to take you to uh, Green Bay. Um, Lambeau Field, I guess you could say, is probably like the Fenway Park of the NFL, right? It's one probably like one of the most nostalgic yes. places to play in. And you definitely played with a great quarterback there, Brett Favre, when you were there in 99. So what was it like to play on Lambeau Field and, and be in that atmosphere? Um, my first game was the first home game there at Lambeau when I went to Green Bay in 99. Uh, I never been in that stadium. I walk out of the locker room uh, for pregame, and I'm just like, wow, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. That's all I can think about lo- looking around because it, it's I've always wanted to play there as a kid. You know, you're growing up, you always heard about Lambeau Field. You hear Chris Berman talk about So I always wanted to play there. And getting into play there – at the frozen tundra in Lambeau, it's probably one of the greatest stadiums ever to play in as a player. Um, but Arrowhead Stadium, as a player with fans that really get into it and loud, is probably Arrowhead. Um, the Meadowlands, when I was with the Jets, we weren't very good, so we never had home field advantage here at the Meadowlands. <laughs> um, but yeah, playing in Lambo was playing in Lambo was it was well, well those eight games I played there I'll never forget. So gonna get one more each, guys, same order. Um, so I'll start it out. Louie, I'm gonna put you in the draft room. You're a GM. You're picking a punter. Are you looking for distance, accuracy, hang time? You know, which of those you feel is gonna be most important when you're in the draft room? And how come at this point? with how athletic the players have become, how do we not have a player in the NFL because roster spots are, it's a big thing, that can punt and kick? Um, if I was a GM going into the draft and I had to pick somebody, I'm going to go back like when I played. The kids nowadays, they let, they get to bang away. So, yeah, their numbers are higher but they also have more return yards and they have more chances of getting touchdowns scored on them. When I played, when I was with Al Roberts with the Jets, when I was in Kansas city, they want us to hang it up and try to get as many fair catches as possible. And when I was coaching Ryan Quigley in New York, we did the exact same thing. And that's how we netted 39, 40 yards. Cause the returns weren't getting any returns. So as a GM going in, I'm going to look for somebody who's going to be able to hang it up and get and get as many fair catches as possible. Because uh, I told the story when I was playing against Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders came up before the game and goes, hey, Louie, hey, yeah, you're going to put me the ball? I'm like, yeah, 38 to 40 yards. I want to make you fair catch. And he's, uh, Deion's all why. I go, Deion, you run a 4-2. I run a 4-8. You do the math. I can't catch you. Put a move on me. I'm probably going to pull a hamstring or something. And I'm not going to let that happen. So every time I played against Dion, I always made him fair catch it because there's no way in hell I'm going to catch the guy. So I was always in, ingrained to hang it up high as much hang time as possible, like Ray Guy, and to make the re, to take the returners out of the game. Nowadays, you look at the guys, honey, these returners are getting a lot of getting return yards compared to 
when I was playing, we were getting 150 yards return on me when I was with the Jets. Uh, and some of these guys now are getting like eight, nine hundred, you know, eight hundred yards returned on them because they're pounding the ball away. So as a GM, I'm going to take the guy that's going to hang it up, and you know, I'd take a forty yard net all day long with a fair catch. And reason why uh, punting and kicking, you can't get one guy to do both. Say he gets hurt, who are you going to have punt and kick the rest of the game? Good point. Yeah. So Good point. Yep. it's tough. That I did both. But I was, but I was a backup kicker. I could punt, and kick off. I was a backup place kicker. Uh, Jason Elam out in Denver, he pulled his groin. He couldn't kick in a game. Uh, Tommy Ruin goes to kick off, pulls his groin. Both those guys are out for the game. They had to get their uh, receiver to come out and kick off and punt for him because they both pulled their groins because they, because uh, Tommy was trying to do something he's not used to doing, and that's and that's place kicking. So. As a GM, I would not take somebody who could do both because if he gets hurt, now you have to find two guys on the team that can do it. And that's that's just my my philosophy on on having two guys instead of one doing it. So, uh, Louie, in, in 10 NFL seasons, 152 games, you only ever had one of your punts blocked. So how were you able to have so much success at that? I was – you know, like I said, I played 10 years, 152 games, one punt blocked in my career. Um, I was different. Most punters in the league when I was playing were taking three steps. For me, I had my right foot forward, and I took a slide step. I just pulled my foot back about six inches, and I took my first step, and I took my second step. My hand and foot was right around 117, where most guys are right around 1.35. And – my hand and foot get off is quicker. Um, and with my short steps, my block point was 11 yards, where, where everybody else's block points nine yards from the line of scrimmage. So that's how I got away with punting for 10 years and only have one punt block. So my average, my average block point was 11. Theirs was nine, uh, that most average punters in the NFL, block point nine yards. So – Technically, I lost two yards per punt over my whole career, if you want to look at it that way. Or you look at it as I got the ball off so quick that I only had one punt blocked. And I'm happier that I only had one punt blocked in my career. And my, the only punt that was blocked in my career, the ball was on, one, on the one-yard line. I had to take one step back from the end zone. Uh, now my block point is going to be about eight yards. And it was a Monday football against Pittsburgh Steelers. And we brought everybody in, and my flyer was supposed to block two to one. He didn't block two. He went straight to one. Two came untouched, and they blocked it. I'll never forget that. The next guy, the next day, Marty Schoenheimer did not appreciate that. And the kid that did not block two to one got fired the next day. So that's how much special teams meant to Marty Schoenheimer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so my only plot, my only punt block, yeah, thanks, guys, for bringing it up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Would have ruined my night, guys. <laughs> One pump oh. block. That's one you had to bring up. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, what shot. I'll take the 10 years. 10 years. I'll take that. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, funny that you mentioned what Marty Schottenheimer did with those guys. Because um, my, my question to you was going to be, when you like 
when you punt a nice punt and it looks like it's about to be, say, inside the 10 or the 5, and one of the people on special teams make a mistake and it actually goes in and becomes a touchback, how do you as the punter, you know, how do you handle that situation? Do you say to them, yeah, you owe me because you messed up my punt? Or, you know, how do you handle those situations with your teammates? Not everybody's perfect. We're all human. You know, there's sometimes that, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, the ball's on the 40 and I'm supposed to, you know, put it down at the 10 and I hit a touchback. You know, now the defensive guys are, you know, Derek Thomas, um, Neil Smith, they're looking at me saying, hey, thanks for helping us out. Now, now they're on the 20. We want the ball inside the 10. You know, so, you know, we all work together. You know, I've had it quite a few times where the ball didn't, you know, hit the five, rolled in the end zone. And I've had other times, you know, the guys let the ball go by. And I've had other times where they're diving the end zone, knocking the ball back and saving my ass. So anytime, you know, something like that happens, I just run down. After every punt, I always ran down and thanked all 10 guys, and all 10 guys in front of me. I thanked them for blocking. I thanked them for covering and making plays because you look at the punters nowadays, they punt the ball and they jog off the field. No, it's a team sport. And I act like I was 11th guy. I made tackles when I played. I threw the ball. Uh, and I still remember this one time Derek Thomas comes up to me. We're playing Oakland Raiders in Kansas City. Jeff George is quarterback, and DT comes up to me and goes, Louie, he goes, if you put that ball inside the five, I guarantee you a sack. Well, that's pretty big words, DT. He goes, I guarantee it. I put the ball at the three. Next play, he gets a, he sacks Jeff George in the end zone for a safety. He comes running off the field, jumps in my arms, and he goes, Louie, I told you, you did your job, I did mine. Nice. So I had that rapport with the players. Um, you know, I backed them, I thanked them, and I had so much fun that I got invited out where a lot of punters and kickers, we're, you know, a lot of punters and kickers, I'm not going to lie, they're different. We don't get invited to go play golf with the guys. I got invited all the time because they said I was just one of the guys. And so that made me feel good. I had a lot of teammates that come up to me now. They go, man, you're just one of the guys, and I really appreciate that. And they said, that's why we invite you, place where we invite the other guys. So to me, they felt like more, I was more of a teammate because I would go down and thank them on every single pump. I'd make sure I thanked every – all 10 of those guys for going down field for me. And I did on every single punt my whole career. And I have a lot of friends that I, you know, talk to because of that. And they still remember that. And they thank me for that. They go, not every punter did that. They go, you did. And they thank me for that. And that, that's just where I was brought up. You know, I was happy to be there. And I was happy to thank all my guys in front of me. Because they didn't have to block for me. Yeah, did they have to block? Yeah, they want to get paid just like everybody else does. But, you know, if you piss them off. You never know what's going to happen. I always had a good rapport with all with all the guys that blocked in front of me. So I saw that uh, primetime brought you in to help the uh, punters there at Jackson State. There is uh, is coaching going to be your future here, or are you, uh, or is it kind of like a temporary thing? I would love to having uh, Coach Prime, you know, Sanders bring me down to Jackson State. He brought me down twice last year. Brought me one down this year. Um, I'm his go-to guy. We played against each other. We're friends. And, you know, they had me look at they had me look at uh, punter, uh, punters and kickers on the offseason. And they asked me to, you know, let them know which ones they thought they should give a scholarship to. And I did. And those guys are working out for them. So um, I've had uh, other 
uh, punting kicking coaches who are friends of mine. They said, hey, we called Dion, and Dion said, hey, if you want your kid to go here, go here to Jackson State. you got to go through Louis Aguiar. He's the only guy I trust. So I would love to get into coaching. I coached for Rex for two years. I try to get back into it. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, if I got a chance to go coach in the, uh, college or NFL, I'd go in a heartbeat because I want to give those kids the opportunity that I had. You know, when I did my summer camps, my my job was to get those kids to get from high school to college on a scholarship to have to get their education paid for, like I did. I did a pro camp trying to get guys into the NFL, like I went to with Ray Pelfrey, helped me get into the NFL camp like that to give those guys a chance to get in the NFL. I had worked with numerous punters and kickers and long snappers in the NFL that went through my camp before I coached with Rex with the Giant with the Jets to get into the NFL. I, I coached with numerous of those guys. I love doing that. Uh, right now, I coach high school football. I'm a volunteer here in Waterloo, Illinois. And our kicker is a girl, Lexi Stevens. And I think she could go and kick at Division One AA. She's kicked for me for two years and has not missed a kick yet. And I just love working with her. She's phenomenal. I just love working with kids because I want to give them an opportunity that I had at one time. And I thoroughly enjoy working with, you know, coaching, coaching all, all athletes. Is that high school jersey? Are they are they black jerseys? Yes, we're uh, we have uh, Waterloo, Illinois. We have black jerseys, and uh, uh, one time they had orange jerseys. They also have all their way games have always been white. Right now, think- going in this last week, we're ranked tenth in the city of St. Louis, beat Muscoota this weekend forty zip, and so who knows what we'll be what we'll be this next week. We got a pretty good solid team. Video. I think I saw a video of her just the other day. Yeah. Lexi Stevens. She's, yeah, wearing yeah. a black jersey. And I think she yep. did a fake she's really good. and she's... ran it out the side. If it's yeah. the same girl. She, uh, okay. Yeah. Lexi last year was 23 for 23 on PATs, and she made all three of her field goals. 26, 27, 30 yards. She made a 30-yarder with no time left to put us into overtime. And now this year she is she was eleven eleven going into the game. She made five. She's sixteen for sixteen right now on PATs. And we play against other schools and they their kickers can't even make, you know, they're less than fifty percent. So I'm lucky to have a girl that has been hundred percent so far for me. And she wants going to college to do this. And I know she can. Well, we want to thank you, Louie, so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you for uh, thinking of Thinking of me, an old, an old beat up, six foot three Mexican. <laughs> All right. I want to remind everybody: make sure you hit that subscribe button, also hit that like button. We want to thank you for joining us tonight, and we'll see you all next time. Have a great night.